0: The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. Hi, I'm Dar Finkelstein, the Queen of Joy, and I'd like to welcome you to this special bonus episode of A Dash of Joy. The quote I just shared with you is from Russell M. Nelson and is one of my favorites because it embodies my mission to have joy in my life, to share joy and to teach others how to have joy in their life. I've been living with metastatic breast cancer for two years now, and I write and host the A Dash of Joy segment on the Trailblazer episodes of the RMBC Life podcast, the last Friday of each month. My joy is not about rainbows, lollipops, and sprinkling pink confetti wherever I go. It's about finding the simple joys in every day and stringing them together so joy can be an integral part of my life. Joy is one of the tools in my basket that I use when the dark moments and challenges of living with NBC become too much. We've chosen to create this compilation of a dash of joy episodes to share with those who haven't heard them before or for those who have, but still want some joy reminders. This season, we've talked about the difference between happiness and joy, how to find what joy means to you, how acceptance is a key for a joyful life, and the role humor plays in having joy. Join me as we talk about joy, because as we say here at our NBC life, no one should have to face MBC alone. We began our Dash of Joy series with the question I am asked more than any other. What is the difference between happiness and joy? Listen as I share the answer with you. Well, happiness is based on external circumstances. It's a destination, a pot of gold. You've heard people say, well, I'll be happy when I get a new job, or I'd be happy if I just had more money. Well, those are just pots of gold. Life intervenes and those pots become elusive. Happiness requires control. And you don't have control over much of what happens in life. You can't tie your well-being to happiness. But joy, joy can be present even in the darkest times. Joy is not based on external circumstances. It's internal It's actually an attitude that defies your circumstances. Let me repeat that because it's important. Joy is just an attitude that defies the external circumstances in your life. Simply put, it's the way you look at your world, your perspective of what happens in the life around you. Luckily, for those of us going through difficult times, joy is entirely within our control. We struggle with the emotional weight of living with MBC, adjusting to the inevitable setbacks along the way, dealing with physical pain and facing our own immortality. But joy is still possible. We just have to change our perspective. Perspective is defined as a particular way of observing or considering something, just a state of mind. For example, have you ever gotten down on the floor to play with a small child and been surprised by how different the room looks when you're seeing it at a child's eye level? Or have you ever watched two TV news stations reporting on the same current event but with widely different stories? These are examples of perspective at work. Several years ago, I was describing to my new husband a great idea I had to go on a camping vacation. I was going on and on about the adventures that I'd experienced as a child camping in the woods and how much fun we would have roughing it in nature. I was amazed when he didn't respond enthusiastically to my holiday plans. I had failed to consider his perspective as a city boy. What I viewed as a glorious adventure sounded like pure torture to him. It's all in how we look at things. That's how perspective works. You have the exact same circumstances and very different reactions from each person involved, but you can always change your reaction or your perspective. Let me tell you a quick story from this week. I'm having some radiation treatments and as we were driving to the medical center, we encountered a huge traffic jam. I was definitely going to be late. Now, there were a number of ways that I could deal with this setback. Before I learned to practice perspective, I would have sat fuming in my car lamenting how this wasn't fair. How I was tired and just wanted to get my treatment, return home as quickly as possible, and be in my jammies. But knowing that to have joy, I would need to shift my perspective, I called the center and told them I was going to be late. I then spent my time catching up on some podcasts. I was calm and joyful when I arrived because I was able to have some unexpected and uninterrupted me time. You can learn to choose your perspective. Choosing the way you look at the world is a major key in having a joyful life. But this is something that takes practice. Start small. When you feel yourself being overwhelmed, frustrated, or angry, Stop and think, how can I change my perspective? A tried and true way is to ask yourself, will this matter a day, a week, or a year from now? Reducing the irritant's importance helps to shift your perspective and reclaim your joy. Now, right now, you're probably saying, well, Dar, I think I can change the way I view those little things, but there's no way I can just change my perspective on the big things in life such as financial concerns, death of loved ones, or major health issues. As you practice changing your perspective on a daily basis, it will eventually become second nature and you will learn how to create and recognize moments of joy even when life gets really tough. In April, we continued working on our building blocks for joy by giving you ways to find what gives you joy. Listen for ways to find more joy in your life. I have a note card on the front of my refrigerator that simply says, joy is, followed by question marks. Let me ask you a question. What is joy to you? After my MBC diagnosis, when I decided that joy was going to be my focus in life, I was so excited, but I quickly realized that this was just a great stepping off point, but I wasn't really sure what it meant. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with joy, what joy meant to me, and how I was going to find what really did give me joy. So I did a bit of research and came up with a way to solidify joy for me, and I'd like to share it with you today. My first step, was to put that note on my refrigerator to remind me that I was on a quest to find out how to finish the statement, joy is, and to not stop searching until I was done. I needed to determine what joy really meant to me. Was it sharing, creating, doing for others, or something else entirely? I asked myself, What do I need in my life to make sure I'm utilizing my time and energy in the best way to have the most joy? I realized that with MBC and the medications I was taking, fatigue plays a big part in my life. So the allotment of my time is always top of mind with me. I had to focus on my needs, not my wants. As I contemplated my needs, I realized that a giving back component was going to be very important in my joyful life going forward. But I also realized that my strongly creative side needed an outlet, so I had to be careful that activities I engaged in did not look or feel like, quote, work and fed my creative soul. Then the brainstorming began. My first step was wiping out all notions of what I thought makes me joyful and started with a clean slate. I began focusing each day on the things that made me smile during my day and kept a list for two weeks. I asked what things energized me during my day and noted how these things made me feel and asked, did it make me joyful? I also made notes of the times that I felt drained or sad. Did I pinpoint the cause of those feelings? After two weeks, I reviewed my list and found that I was most joyful when I was accomplishing a project, spending time with other people, doing volunteer work, entertaining ill children, doing something new, spending time by myself in the early morning, and engaging in creative tasks. I was the least joyful when I had to do things that involved reading, details, and deadlines. My research into finding my joy also suggested spending some time thinking about what gave me joy as a child. What did I do before I worried about what other people thought? I struggled with this a bit, as I have trouble remembering a lot of specific details from my childhood, just the overall feeling that it was pretty idyllic. So I pulled out old photos to help jog my memories. As I spent an afternoon remembering that 10 year old me, I realized that my fondest memories were of creating and putting on shows with my siblings, much to the chagrin of our audience, my parents. I also loved to do crafts, play games and spend time playing kickball with lots of friends. My next step was to make a list of things in my life that have made my heart sing, made me feel like jumping for joy, and made me laugh so hard that it hurt. As I pondered all of my notes, it became clear that my joy motivators involve being creative, helping others, being productive, bringing an idea to life, spending time with family and friends, and having some alone time every day. So once I had this broad picture of what joy meant to me, it was time to actually incorporate some of that information into my life. It was time to start exploring. Now I found this to be both exciting and scary. I was upending a lot of what I've always done and beginning to try new things and meet new people. One thing I did was spend time each day being grateful. I find that the things you're grateful for are usually the same things that give you joy. Putting my calendar on the chopping block was next. I looked at each activity and asked myself, does this give me joy? If it didn't, I removed it. Be ruthless. If you look at it and say, oh, that one's fine to leave on there. Get rid of it. Just fine isn't good enough your time is so precious. Spend it doing truly joyful things. You can always add that activity back later if it's something you really miss. One of the surprising things I removed from my activities was reading. I have been an avid reader for over 60 years and always really enjoyed it until I was diagnosed with MBC. Since then, i I find that my mind won't concentrate whenever I read. I finished every reading session frustrated and anything but joyful. So I made the difficult decision to stop taking my precious time trying to read. Now, this one really stressed me out. So I came up with a solution. I did a substitution. And now I listen to audiobooks. A new activity I added to my calendar combines both creativity and giving to others. Talk about good time management. I paint cards that I give to my family and friends. I also paint note cards of encouragement to spread joy to those I love and know and also to people that I've never even met. I had never painted before this, but this is now one of the biggest joys in my life. Now that I had a better handle on what joy meant to me and had a plan to have more joy in my life, I realized that to maintain a joyful life is important to make a habit and have a constant presence. Remind yourself to find something small several times a day that give you joy. I have a tone on my phone that dings at 9, 12, 3, 6, and again at 9 in the evening, to remind me to stop and focus the next 15 minutes on finding something joyful. It Might be as simple as stepping outside to listen to the birds, or pause and take several deep breaths and appreciate just being alive. So now we're back where we started. What does joy mean to you in your life? I hope the steps I took on my joy journey are helpful in guiding you on your own unique quest to find a joyful life. Oh, just so you know, I still look at that note card on my refrigerator every day. It reminds me to continue my quest for what joy means to me. There's always more joy around the bend. In May, we talked about one of the more difficult keys to having a more joyful life, acceptance. I feel this is one of the most important aspects of joy for those of us living with MBC. Let me ask you a question. Do any of these sound like things that have made you tense or stressed recently? COVID, vaccinations, quarantine, politics, disparity, racial tension, and oh yeah, living every day with metastatic breast cancer. Yes, we are constantly surrounded by these and other things that can cause divisiveness, dissension, tension, anxiety, and pain in our lives. And they're trying to steal our joy. Well, today I'd like to talk to you about a way to ease that pain. And it's just one small word, acceptance. Acceptance is one of the keys to unlock your joy. The definition of acceptance is a willingness to tolerate a difficult situation. I don't know about you, but I know when I first heard this, I thought it sounded like we were just gonna throw in the towel and admit defeat or stick our head in the sand whenever it comes to these things. But acceptance is actually the opposite of defeat or denial. It's the realization that this is just how life is. It's a storm we must walk through, it's part of life, not something to escape from. As long as we struggle with the day-to-day difficulties and try to fight back against them, we will be traveling down a road to a very bumpy and unjoyful life. The question we must ask ourselves is how can we find the good in these daily events and use them to create something positive and joyful? But the even bigger question is, Can we even do that? Let me share you a story of one of the ways I've used acceptance to make my life more joyful and less stressful. For over a year now, we've been asked to wear masks. Now, as a person with a weakened immune system, I have a very strong personal opinion about this. And until recently, I have to say, I was pretty vocal and judgmental about my opinion. It irritated me to no end to have to stay away from places because there wasn't good mask compliance. I was getting myself all worked up over this issue. But then I realized that there was really nothing I was going to do to change it. I had to accept the fact that I do have cancer and can't do what many other people are doing. I had to accept that if others feel comfortable congregating without masks, that was their decision. I had to work hard to limit my judgment and criticism and change my expectation about how others are going to act. Now, I still haven't been able to turn this 100% into something positive, but I'm learning how to be able to do more things without getting upset. I've learned that yes, I don't feel comfortable in large indoor situations, because not all attendees are wearing masks or maintaining social distancing. But I can invite a few vaccinated friends to my home for lunch or coffee. I now find that I am rarely as upset and judgmental about the masking issue. I have been learning to accept and make adjustments. If you've ever tried to be more accepting, you know that it's very difficult to do. Like many other things, it takes practice. Like the muscles in our body, we have to exercise our acceptance muscles. So don't beat yourself up if you seem to struggle with this. Keep on learning and do the best that you can. But I do need to warn you that acceptance is not winning a particular battle. Your definition of success should be that you are no longer judgmental you no longer have anxiety, and you no longer give these situations the power to derail you from your joy. Acceptance should give us hope. And we all know how important hope is in our lives. As you accept your situation, your fears and anxieties will get smaller and your life will get bigger. I know that this has been true in my case. Once I accepted that my life included my cancer, I was able to move on and decide what kind of life I wanted to live. I no longer had to be afraid and angry about my situation. I took my negative feelings, depression, and funneled the energy into finding joy in my life. Cancer is a part of me, but it isn't becoming me. Take whatever situations, big or small in your life, Find ways to turn them into the positive. And if you can't change the situation, change your attitude toward it. Acceptance isn't easy, but I think it's been worth it to reclaim the joy in my life. We ended this season on a light note, but also an important one. The role humor plays in having joy. I shared a secret in this episode that explains why joy sort of comes Pretty naturally to me. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Oops, I meant to say which comes first, joy or humor. Now, you might think that you must have joy before you can have humor in your life, but actually, the opposite is true. Humor cultivates joy. If you're having trouble finding joy, it might be because you are just taking life way too seriously. You might need to start to inject humor into your life. Bringing humor into a troubled situation can create moments of joy. Humor puts things into perspective. Now, humor comes naturally to me because my husband and I are clowns. I'm Jelly and he's peanut butter. I have brought humor to the rescue many times since I was diagnosed with MBC and I'd like to share a bit of how humor has helped me find joy in my life. One role humor plays is to diffuse stress and anxiety. But how do you do that if you don't even think you're funny? Well, one of the best ways to bring humor into a situation is to learn how to laugh at yourself. Not long after my MBC diagnosis, I had lunch with my friend, Carol. It was a bit of a somber affair as I was telling her for the first time about the recurrence of my cancer. Toward the end of the lunch, as we were saying our goodbyes, she quietly said to me, take care of yourself. I know you're very stressed because you've been calling me Joan all during lunch. Well, I was mortified and just blurted out, well, I guess that's going to have to be your new name. We chuckled over this, and an awkward moment became a new joke between us. To this day, I still laughingly call her Joan every once in a while. I didn't get all defensive or plead, oh, I'm so, so sorry, over and over. Instead, a serious atmosphere became much lighter, and we have a new bond between us. Laughing at yourself breaks the bonds of perfection and relaxes you and the others around you. Another role humor plays is to cut a tension-filled atmosphere. When people are at odds with each other, there are usually very few smiles to be found. But humor can break down the barriers between people. When humor is infused into a situation, you can immediately see a change in body language. Someone may be sitting rigidly in a chair with tensed shoulders and clasped hands But all of that changes as you laugh. You sit back, your body relaxes, and your shoulders move along with the laughter. Humor says, come with me. We can laugh at the situation together. A great example of this is a story I heard once about two friends who had drifted apart over a silly disagreement. They were thrown together unexpectedly, and the old argument started anew. Then one of the men said, I know what we can do let's thumb wrestle over this. And the best two out of three wins the argument. Suddenly they began laughing and realized that what they were arguing over really wasn't that important. They were able to bring joy back into their friendship. One of the most interesting roles humor plays is to bring levity to serious situations. Humor becomes the saving grace in times of grief or loss. I learned this lesson as a young adult. We were at my aunt's funeral and several of his cousins were sitting quietly in a corner. The next thing you know, we were telling stories and sharing memories about our aunt. As the storytelling continued and we became quite boisterous with lots of laughing, we noticed that our parents were all looking at us with the evil eye. We figured we were going to be busted for being too loud but we were surprised. Instead, they joined us and a sad situation became one filled with joy as we all shared our special memories of our aunt. Another role humor plays in finding your joy comes from a proverb we've all heard. Laughter is the best medicine. You can imagine as a clown, this is the most powerful aspect of humor for me personally. When I first began a metastatic breast cancer support group in my community shortly after my own diagnosis, I figured it would be a very somber crowd. And often we do talk about sad and serious topics, but our meetings are always peppered with laughter, often things that only those of us who are walking down this path would find funny. There's a bond between us, a shared humanity that humor helps to strengthen and bring us joy. Now, there are also times when I'm not feeling well or I'm struggling with fatigue and I lose track of my joy. I'm sure this has happened to all of you. Often, humor comes to my rescue. Immersing myself in funny videos online, humorous movies or funny TV shows will start me laughing out loud and I'm suddenly in a joy-filled atmosphere. So the next time you're struggling to find your joy, keep it simple and just laugh. Now, which came first, the chicken or the egg? We want to thank you for joining us for A Dash of Joy on RNBC Life. Our team is already working on an exciting season three with the premiere episode coming in September. In the meantime, we hope that you will catch up on any episodes you have missed from the first two seasons. We also have a few bonus pods coming your way in July and August. Now go find a bit of joy today.